Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flippy Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got my good friend, Terry Berger, on the podcast. So uh, as you can see, I'm still wearing my Cancun shirt. I'm still on a high from the Cancun trip. And we got such great feedback from Mike Simmons's seven-figure flipping story that I wanted to let you in on another one. So Terry shared his, and he's got a little bit different journey, a little bit different story. And his background is um, in music and teaching and then became a realtor and struggled with a lot of the things that we struggle with, our unplugging, like from our you know, wanting to do this for our family, but having to be away from our family to do it sometimes. So he shared a lot of the reasons why he became an investor, why he does what he does. And I think it'll also help, uh, help you in whatever journey you're on right now, in whatever path and wherever you are along this uh, spectrum of in, in investing and uh, whether you're just getting started or you're you know, doing big business, uh, it all just comes back to why we started this in the first place. So I think this uh, talk that Terry gave in Cancun would be really powerful for you to hear today. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. But um, I am irritated with Becca, and I'm just going to tell you why real quick. So Becca's a little competitive, and so I asked if I could play com- competitive volleyball with her today, and she said, no, no, not on the competitive team. And then at the end of the afternoon, she said, hey, would you like to come and have a friendly play on my team as a friendly game of volleyball? And I was like, how do you take that? You know? Anyway, this is kind of crazy, but... Um, Anyway, I suck at sports. Um, I was a classically trained musician, for those of you that don't know, trumpet player. I know we have a couple trumpet players in the house. And um, uh, anyway, um, I like to win. Um, I hate to lose. I hated to lose cornhole the twice, two times we lost today and got slaughtered. And I will be up all night practicing cornhole so that I can win tomorrow. That's just how I roll. And so, um, so if you're outside your room and you hear splat, Ugh! you know, that's me practicing cornhole. Anyway, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question, um, and this question stems from my own personal knowledge and business. What could someone in this room that you trust today ask you to do that would totally take you completely out of your comfort zone? And that if you did that thing, it would change your business and your life forever. Okay, can I read it to you again? What would someone in this room that you trust What could they say to you or ask you to do that would totally take you out of your comfort zone? Like, not just out, but like way outside of your comfort zone. And then knowing that if you did that one thing, it would completely radicalize your business and your life forever. Okay, that's where we're going. So that's the question I want you to ponder as I kind of share a very fast version of my story. Some of you may have heard it before. I've said it on podcasts several times. I was a classically trained musician, wanted to win. I wanted to be an orchestral trumpet player. I wasn't good enough. I didn't have the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I was good. I wasn't good enough. 
and I can spend the rest of my life trying to be good enough, or you can learn what you're really good at and, and take those lessons and apply it someplace else where you can win, and that's what I did. I taught school, and I grew these band programs to be unbelievable. They were known statewide, nationwide, you name it, and uh, it was really great. Did nine years of that. That started to feel like Groundhog Day. You have the same clarinet players over and over every year. Chickens, they start out as chickens, and then they start to sound pretty good by eighth grade, and then you start over with chickens. And if you've seen the movie Groundhog Day, that's exactly what being a band director is like, okay? So um, we moved to Georgia. I take a big position in Georgia. Atlanta area, and uh, my wife was a teacher as well, health educator, and so we, we buy a house based on both of our incomes, okay? Big mistake, shouldn't do that, but we did. And um, so she gets pregnant with our son, says, hey, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, I think that's awesome, but you know, we bought this house a couple years ago on two incomes, what are we going to do? I was feeling, you know how you're called to leave a job and you go to do something different? Anybody feel that way in this room? Are you all here because of that feeling, right? And so that's what we did. I said, well, uh, I, was, I almost left teaching in Ohio. I can leave teaching in Georgia. I'm going to get into real estate because my, I closed. I, some stuff happened with my own closing, and I felt like Monopoly. My favorite game, my favorite board game is Monopoly. And this, this closing felt like Monopoly. And I was having a great time with it, and it was super stressful. And I got addicted to real estate in that moment, trying to close my own house in Ohio with a realtor who wasn't very good and buy a house here at this, on the same day at the same time. You all know that stress, right? So I'm like, okay, I won. I feel like I won. And so I'm going to go to real estate. So I go to real estate school. Um, I didn't know a single soul in Atlanta other than the teachers that I taught. I sold 40 houses in my first year in real estate, and I was the rookie of the year. I won, right? I like to win, right? It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And so during that time, uh, we accomplished the goal. Marcy was able to stay home and give birth to our son and, and not have to work, and it was great. Um, and I kind of grew this, this real estate business and we, we won every month, top agent, top team, top this, top in the county, all this stuff. And um, as, as that went on, it was great, you know, until um, it wasn't great. And, uh, but during those time, that time of feast and things are going well, I mean, I think I made 40 grand as a teacher and the best year I had in real estate before the market crashed, like $250,000. I was like, man, this is awesome. I've never made this much money. Has anyone in the room ever felt income guilt with your family before? Raise your hand. Hold them high. Income guilt. So you go home, you're driving a nicer car than your parents. Um, you're embarrassed that you're making decent money and you try to hide it. Anybody? Like that was a real thing for me and my wife because we weren't from money, didn't come from money. And uh, all of a sudden we we're making a really good living and I'm saving money, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. But I have this guilt, I have this really, really bad case of income guilt, I call it. Okay, some of you can identify with that. So as we go, um, as you know, the market crashes. I had this one thing that I always wanted on the bucket list, and it was a baby, not a baby grand piano, a grand piano, a Yamaha C6. And um, I just always wanted to have a grand piano in my house. I just think they're beautiful. I play a little, not very much, but I play a little, and I, and I just wanted a, that instrument in my house. So we got it. We got able to buy it during uh, the, the good times, and then the crash came. Um, and if you've lived through the real estate crash, um, or if anybody was involved in it at that time, we, we had savings in the bank. I had three, at the time, I had three months worth of business savings. 
and I had three months worth of home savings. I thought we, did, we were doing pretty good. I mean, we're building a savings bank, trying to get it to six or a year or whatever. But at the time I had three and three. Well, never did I think in my wildest imagination that we would go broke. We were selling 70 houses a year. How do you go from selling 70 houses a year to zero houses per month for almost six months, right? And that's what the real estate crash did to us. It just decimated our income. Had a second home on the lake um, that we bought with some friends and um, got to a point where Marcy was couponing. She didn't know what to do, right? Stay at home mom. God bless her. She, she's like, how can I help? She's figured out how to help. And you remember that those days when um, you could buy restaurant gift cards that were like $25, but you got $100 worth of food because the restaurants were trying to stay open. You guys remember that, anybody? Went through the recession? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, when we when something special happened, we went out to eat. We got to go out to eat for 25 bucks and you know, $50 meal for half price. And then um, she started couponing. And you remember like the series couponers? Right? Like they buy one thing of hairspray and they get 20 cans of shampoo or 20 bottles of shampoo with it. Right? And, and that's what the couponers do, right? And then so she's like, hey, you know, we got, we may not eat, but we got 20 bottles of shampoo right here. So we're good to go. No, and she did great. She was trying to help out as, as best she could. And I didn't want her to go to work. And so I felt like I was unemployed during that time. I was working 50 hours a week, trying to peddle enough houses to pay the bills couldn't pay the bills, lost the lake house into foreclosure, and then didn't know about short sales, didn't know that was even an option back then. I just, you know, you know what you know. And uh, and then all of a sudden, um, we can't pay the bills. And I'm like, we gotta sell the piano. So sold the piano, the cherished dream I've always had of having a baby grand piano, a grand piano in the house, not a baby grand, a uh, grand piano in the house, and we sold it. And thank goodness we did. Thank goodness we bought it, because I put 15 grand into that piggy bank, and then I was able to sell the piggy bank for 15 grand in the middle of recession, which was a blessing in, in disguise there. And we got to eat for three more months and make our house payment, do those kind of things. Anybody ever been through something crazy like that? Yeah, it's very humbling, right? And you're a survivor. Like if you've been through that, you are a survivor and survivors are dangerous. So crash happens, we start to recover out of it. And uh, my son's playing soccer. Now as a dad, many of you who are dads or moms in here, you wanna be there for your kids, right? Again, my parents weren't there for me. I wanted to be there for my kids. I never wanted to miss a goal. I would never want to miss a game. I never want to miss anything. And so uh, I'm showing this jackass client a house on a Saturday. The market is starting to get back. We're starting to get back to where we're selling 30, 40, 50, you know, on our way to selling 100 houses a year. I, so I was ready to take the quantum leap from selling 80 before the recession to 200 after. And I hated selling houses because it was nights and weekends and they had just taken time away from my family. Phone was ringing off the hook. And my son, I'm showing this jackass client a house, hated this guy. And um, <laughs> Marcy texted me and said, Colin scored his first soccer goal. It was the first game I ever missed. And he scored his first goal. Right? You ever have those like dagger moments? And that was it, it was a dagger moment. I said, there has to be a better way. Has to be a better way. So I took a shower on a Saturday morning, took a shower, and anybody listen to podcasts in the shower? It's when I do my best thinking, because I take long showers. Yeah, some people do, okay, great. I listen to this podcast, and you guys know Justin Williams, he's the founder of Seven Figure Flipping. I mean, he started this whole thing, and, um, uh, and then, he and Andy got together, figured out how to do it, and, and it was a thing. 
right? And so Justin's doing this podcast thing, and at the very end, you've heard who's heard my story. I'm in the shower, and I, I let the podcast play because I'm taking a shower, and then I hear, Psst, hey, are you still there? And I was like, God, is that you? No, it wasn't. It was Justin Williams. Justin Williams is a master marketer. He said he, he waited like literally it was like five or six minutes after the podcast ended. It's kind of like a Marvel comic thing. Marvel comics stole what they do from Justin Williams. Okay, and so I, I, I applied. I was starting to get a real estate investing. Uh, we just bought our first rental. I was I was absorbing all the podcasts I could, and I applied to get in that first meeting. I got accepted. And I didn't go, I chickened out, I didn't write the check. The bill wrote that Mike Simmons wrote, I wasn't in the room where it happens to quote Hamilton. I wasn't in the room. And I was like, dang, and I kept listening to it. And then of course, Justin on the podcast, after the whole meetup is over, he starts interviewing everybody that was at the meetup. And I was like, well, shoot, man, that sucks. All these people, I, I completely missed it. So somehow he gets wind of what I'm doing and um, we talk and he's like, I'd like for you to be on my podcast. And I'm like, okay, fine. And he's like, why didn't you, like, I saw that you got accepted. Why didn't you do it? I said, dude, it was the money. I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable writing the check. He's like, you could have done a payment program or something. I'm like, really? You would have, you would have done that for me? And, uh, and so I, I said, no, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to write the $25,000 check. And I was at the second meetup. And I got to meet Bill, Becca, Mike, a bunch of other people. Who else? Anybody else there at that second meetup? And we're, Andy, sorry, dude, sorry. Sorry, Oh, I need help. Sorry. Yes, sir. Anyway, and, and Andy did my onboarding call, and he took care of the income guilt thing for me. He just looked at me and said, "You can do whatever you want." And for some, no one's ever told me that before. Like I knew what I knew, right? I knew I wanted to win. I knew how to compete. I knew what I was good at. But no one told me you could do whatever you want. And Andy has used that phrase on many, many people. And it has freed up so many people's chains. And that day, that day in front of that computer screen, the chains were gone. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go unrestricted. It's all over, right? I'm not, I'm not gonna feel like guilt anymore. My parents want what's best for me. My friends want what's best for me. My wife wants what's best for me. And we're just gonna keep on moving. Well, so that's all great. But um, <laughs> we get to the, the second meeting was awesome. Third meeting was awesome, and we get to the fourth meeting. And I think we rented a mansion, Rancho Santa Fe, somewhere up there in San Diego. Um, and it was about 20 of us, 25 of us, and we rented this mansion. And uh, we met down in the basement of this mansion, and then the mansion had like a pool, and you know, it was, it was really cool, right? A mansion, I mean, who doesn't want to stay in a mansion? So, uh, uh, so we're in the basement, and uh, Justin pulls me out of my comfort zone. So can I ask this question one more time to you all? What could someone say that you trust in this room today that would totally take you so far out of your comfort zone, knowing that if you did this thing, it would radically transform your life and your business? And I was back, the, I was flipping houses. We had five going. Um, and I was selling about 50 houses a year and I was completely overwhelmed. And I saw, I saw what was happening before the crash starting to happen after the crash. And I hated real estate sales, retail real estate sales even more the second time around. And, uh, and, and this group was my way out. 
That's what it was. So Justin makes me stand up in front of the whole group and say this. I want you to promise me that you will stop selling real estate by the next meeting. So, I mean, like, that was my, that was the thing, right? That, that's the income generator to help get the business off the ground. And I could think of a million things to justify me still selling retail real estate while we were getting our house flipping business off the ground. Like, I, I had all the ideas. Dude, I can't do that. I mean, how am I supposed to provide for my family? How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? I don't care. Do you want to take this next level or do you not want to take the next level? And I'm like, I want to take the next level. And so I had to stop selling real estate in three months. So fortunately, that, that, so let me tell you what that meant. <laughs> um, can you imagine what that meant? That meant cutting my income in half. It meant taking tremendous risk. The worst part was, is there was no going back and I had to burn the boats of my security. Are you guys willing to burn the boats of your security to take that next big leap? Because that is what he made me do. So as you go through the next few days in your hot seats and everything else, I want that, I want that question to haunt you. Like I would love it if you woke up three times tonight screaming and yelling as a nightmare because that question is just kind of ingrained in you. Because some of you have a lot of questions and some of you need to answer that question this week. This week. And maybe everybody in the room has a question like that they have to answer. It was really hard to go from the thing that I was being identified with as a winner to taking this quantum leap into the next business. And that decision that I made those three or four years ago, I mean, that's, that's the reason where I am today. Um, and, and that's the reason where you're going to be where you're going to be if you take the risk to get there. But number one, you have to trust the person that's giving you the advice and know that they have the best for you in their heart, in their mind, in their soul, right? That we all want you to succeed. And so to echo what Mike says, you know, don't skip out. It's easy to go and just kind of play when you're down here in Cancun. But if there's something going on, be here. We've given you tons of time to play. And, um, but answer those questions, wrestle those questions down for yourself. Cause if you don't do them at this event, you may not do them at any event. Okay. So that's all I have for you. Thank you all for coming tonight and, um, being here. Woo! You're the best. All right. Uh, I don't know if you listened to your podcast in the shower, and I'm not going to do the long pause for a few minutes. But if you are still listening to this, then I would love to invite you to become a part of what we do, a part of our story, and hopefully that we can impact you and become a part of yours. So uh, if you're interested in joining us in our seven-figure altitude mastermind or our seven-figure runway mastermind or whatever else we do, you can go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an application, just the number seven, figurealtitude.com, fill out an application and see if we are the right fit for you and if you're the right fit for us. Uh, we'll just jump on a quick call. We'll talk about it. And hopefully, uh, if it works for you, it works for us. We'll take the next step. And if not, no big deal, no problem. It's not a pressure uh, sales call or anything like that. And uh, hopefully, we'll give you some tips, some maybe some free resources, some other things that you can do to get to the next level and be ready to jump into Altitude with us. So go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, join us, 
And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of the next meeting that we have in just a couple months, all the accountability groups that we do, the Facebook group, everything that we uh, help each other kind of lift each other up and, and grow together. So uh, there's my invite to you to become part of our world, part of our community. And uh, if you believe what we believe, and you want to be a part of it, I would love to have you. Go to sevenfigureouts.com and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.